Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Higher Battle Podcast. If you're new, my name is Peyton, and here we talk about Jesus and together walk through the highs and lows of living a life for God. So today, we are going to dive back into the book of Acts, and we are on chapter 2. So if you haven't gone and listened to the podcast about Acts 1, you can go jump over there and do that, or you can start it too, like whatever you you think is best. Um, But we're going to do that again today, so I'm really excited to jump into that. So I'm going to be reading it chunk by chunk so we can kind of dissect it as we go so we don't really miss the the different sections that we can kind of break down. Kind of a fun little Bible study on the go if you need to be doing other stuff, but also get the word into. So I'm just going to get right into it and we're going to read Acts 2 if you're following along in your Bible or if you're just listening. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, so here we see it is the day of Pentecost, which that is a Jewish feast that's after Passover and it really just celebrates the weast wheat. It really just celebrates the wheat harvest. And so they were all together in one place. And if we can recall back to chapter one, this is when all the apostles were together. So remember, they just named a new apostle. And so now they're all coming together in one place. And so there's this sound And it came from heaven and it filled the whole place. So this is the gift of the Holy Spirit onto these believers. And it is 10 days after Jesus ascended. And so that this is what they were expecting because they were told by Jesus to wait for the Spirit to come. And then we see kind of this crazy imagery, tongues like flames of fire, which that could kind of be kind of be scary. But we saw in Matthew 3, 11, it says that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. So this is what's happening right here. And so after this has happened, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in different languages. And so they're languages that they didn't know beforehand. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit enabled them to understand different languages, which that's really cool. (laughs) And then we can continue reading. I'm at verse 5. Now there were Jews standing in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When the sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astonished and amazed, saying, look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Alamites, Those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judah, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astonished and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, they're drunk on new wine. 
So you can imagine these people are probably like, what the heck is going on? Like they've never been able to speak our language before or even understand us before. So this is all just a lot to take in. But then some people are really just dismissing that it's God's work at all. And they're just saying, oh, they're just drunk. Like God didn't do this. They're drunk. Like that's silly. So even with so many different like miracles and just cool like things that the Holy Spirit does and Jesus does and and God does and things like that. There's still doubters. And so I think the world is always going to be like that. But they're just really dismissing that God would ever even do and act like this. They just think these apostles are crazy. And then it goes on into verse 14. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my works, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what spoke through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit. On my servants on those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious days of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, so let's stop there. So Peter stands up. And he has this boldness and this confidence. And if we can remember, just days ago, he denied Jesus. But now he's filled with this Holy Spirit and he has this confidence and he proclaims to all of them. And he says, well, let's see what is written. Let's see what Joel said. So basically, he tells them back what Joel says, and that is exactly what just occurred. So he's giving them evidence from scripture, which I love. Like we need to take this into our everyday situations. Like you're fighting with someone or like you just don't know, like we don't have to prove God to people, but evidence of scripture is always a great thing to turn to rather than just trying to argue and everything. We can sit down and kind of look at scripture. So I like this. And then I specifically highlighted verse 21 when it says, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is your salvation. And so let's continue on verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourself know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ended the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is my right hand. I will not be shaken, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me in Hades, or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the path of life to me, and you will fill me with gladness in your presence. So here, (laughs) Peter's like, well, let me tell you this again. You already know this, that Jesus was sent by God and God performed miracles, wonders, and signs, and you still sent him, sent him to the cross. And then we see just this beautiful illustration. We know that Jesus wins over sin, death, and man, that Jesus had won. 
Continuing in verse 29, Brothers and sisters, I am confidently speaking to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what has to come, he spoke on concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus... We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heaven, but he himself says, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So here Peter is referencing a psalm about Jesus that David wrote. And then I just love verse 36 because Peter is saying, you guys crucified him. You sent Jesus to the cross, but God declared him Lord. He sits at God's right hand. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Love that. All right. Continuing in verse 37. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. So we see here just the conviction of the Holy Spirit is working in them, and they are pierced to the heart. And I love this because they have like curiosity now with the conviction, and they're like, what should we do? They want to act in a certain way and get closer to God. And so Peter says it straight out, repent and be baptized. Not to feel sorry for the, all the sins you've done, but to make a change in direction and a change in direction mentally as well. And to be baptized, which is an expression of your belief. And then he responds with a promise for everyone that accepts Jesus as their Lord. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. I love that. Which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then we can continue into the last chunk of Acts chapter 2. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all, as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number and those who were being saved. Yes, amen. Verse 47. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So we see just the way in which the apostles are working and um, glorifying God in the way they're teaching and their actions. We see the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we see here that all of this is being done by the hand of God. The apostles are a tool to bring more people to Jesus. But it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that more people are being saved. Like it says, the Lord added this number. And so I think this, this just makes me reflect on the way 
we evangelize and that we can't be people saviors. We have to be moldable and open-minded to allow God to use us as someone who can bring people closer to Jesus or inform people. Here, the apostles were teaching them. And they're kind of opening their minds. And that's really all we can do. And the rest is up to God and that person. So I think that can kind of take a huge weight off of you of like, live a life for God. Reflect that in your actions. Reflect that in how you treat other people. Continue to share the word and teach the word. And the rest is up to the Holy Spirit and God and and really piercing their hearts like this says here. And... Yeah, I just think that's beautiful that we're just used as a vessel. I'm sure some of you guys have heard that analogy before, but we're just a tool in this. But that is Acts chapter 2. I kind of think these are fun to just have a couple podcast episodes that are really just scripture heavy. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, In a couple weeks, we will be doing Acts chapter 3. So look forward to that. But I hope you guys just have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will see... I mean, I will be with all of you next Wednesday. Okay, bye.